1: The Senate recently passed a measure to roll back privacy rules for the Internet. Now the vote moves to the House of Representatives. The move reverses field on actions made by the FCC to protect consumers. But the bill, should it pass, would also prevent the FCC from passing similar rules in the future. To take a look at the impact of what we're seeing now, we're joined here in studio by Wharton's Kevin Werbach, Associate Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics. And also joining us on the phone is Eric Null, who's Policy Counsel at the Open Technology Institute. Kevin, great to see you again, as always. You too, Dan. Thank you. Kevin, or uh, Eric, great to have you on the phone with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Kevin, I'll start with you. The reaction to, uh, I mean, I think we... We had talked in the past about the potential of something like this coming forward, but now that it is, your reaction is what?
0: Well, it's not surprising. Uh, The Congress uh, has a mechanism called the Congressional Review Act where they can reverse recent regulatory decisions. And um, this set of privacy rules that the Federal Communications Commission put into place at the tail end of the Obama administration uh, were very important but also controversial and and opposed by the broadband companies and many conservatives. So this was something that uh, ever since uh, the election the Republicans in Congress had indicated that they were intending to do and they've actually moved forward on it. So it's significant. There's a lot of opposition. I, I guess just you know, looking at what happened with the health care legislation, sure. yeah. um, you know, in some ways um, it, it's surprising maybe for people to see this happen so fast. But it's it's a much smaller thing because all they're doing is reversing a prior decision.
1: Eric? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. And I think that uh, the, the Republicans in, in the House and the Senate have sort of had their eye on this, particularly because it was such a recent uh, recent action by the FCC. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we were hoping that it would, the CRA would not come to pass given that we have a, a new FCC chairman who is willing to change the rules to uh, to fit, you know, whatever he was thinking was more appropriate. And, um, you know, I, passing a CRA sort of ties the hands of the FCC in the future and prevents him from being – probably prevents him from uh, – from enacting similar rules
1: in the future. With this move, Eric, where is your greatest concern right now?
2: Well, I mean, the greatest concern is that uh, consumers are just are about to lose a lot of protections that they that they were about to have, and uh, there's there's a lot of uh, distrust right now with consumers online about how uh, information is being handled and sold and used in any number of ways that people have no transparency about. And this rule was designed to give them a little more choice and transparency when it comes to uh, how Internet service providers use that data. And uh, with a rollback of this rule and with potentially no rule ever being in place again uh, on ISP privacy, it it leaves consumers without any protections.
0: Yeah, the context of this rule is uh, somewhat weird legally. The Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, is the primary U.S. agency that deals with privacy issues. And so they have rules about privacy policies for the vast majority of companies that are collecting online data, and it's a huge issue. But when the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, uh, reclassified broadband service as what's called a Title II common carrier service, because of the way the Federal Trade Commission statute is written, the FTC lost jurisdiction. So all of a sudden, we have these rules that apply to everyone, but they don't apply to the broadband companies. And so the FCC stepped in at the end of the Obama administration and said, "Okay, here are the rules for the broadband companies. And in fact, we're more concerned because your broadband provider gets all of your searching data. It's not just what you did on Google. It's every site that you went to and everything you did. So we're going to have stronger rules. Now, with this reversal of the FCC decisions, there are no rules. And the Federal Trade Commission doesn't have the legal authority to put even their existing rules for other companies into place. And Congress hasn't moved on that.
1: If memory serves me, when when, uh, you were joined us when we talked with Tom Wheeler uh, a few months ago, I mean, some of these things were concerns at that point because we knew with the election, the potential that could happen with the election at that point, that this was a distinct possibility even back then. I don't
0: think anyone uh, voted in this election, even those who voted for President Trump, thinking we've got too much privacy protection right. we re- yeah. really need less control over our personal <laughs> data that, that right. you know you don't really see a lot of that in the polls yeah. um, so sure this is a big issue and, and and this particular one there's there's all the little bureaucratic complexities with the FTC and so forth um, mm. but yeah it's a big concern and it's an issue that's not going away
1: but Eric this seems like a, a, and obviously we've seen a lot of things kind of put in play with the administration uh, in in the first hundred days this seems like it is the first step as you were looking to the new FCC chair, the first step in, in what could be potentially a few moves, business friendly moves by the FCC, which is obviously the reverse uh, and what you were just saying a second ago, the reverse of, of the prior FCC administration under Tom Wheeler.
2: Uh, yeah, I think that's right. And and the new chairman has also indicated that he is looking for a way to uh, reclassify again broadband back to Title I. Um, and I, so I think there's uh, there's more of a grand vision and a change in regulatory uh, philosophy here that is going to drive the FCC over the next several
1: years. 844 Wharton is the number if you'd like to join in. 844 942 7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Kevin, you wanted to. Add oh, no, a- I was going to
0: say, I mean, what we're seeing, though, is is this strange kind of do-si-do between the FCC and the Congress. So yeah. the FCC is an independent agency – Um, So they're not theoretically controlled by the White House, although the chairman is nominated and put in place by the president. Um, But uh, Congress has the power, um, but Congress doesn't want to move too fast uh, in ways that are going to be controversial. So this was one with the privacy rules where Congress has this very small mechanism to just uh, reverse the prior decision. And so they're they're going to do that. And these rules haven't even gone into effect yet. Um, But on the broader set of issues, like network neutrality, what you're seeing now is this standoff where, um, as Eric said, uh, Ajit Pai, the new FCC chairman, has indicated he wants to roll back all of these uh, broadband openness protections, um, but uh, he's concerned about legally being able to do it and politically being able to do it. So he's saying, well, Congress, now you move. Uh, And Congress is looking over and saying, no, no, FCC, you move. Um, Because they all know that this stuff does not have a great deal of popular support um, and not necessarily even a lot of industry support outside of a few companies.
1: So then it it puts pressure on, I would think, other... Kind of avenues where these protections are concerned. And I'm seeing that, that there are states that are actually trying to bring legislation forward in terms of consumer protections on I- Internet. Illinois being one. California is another one. So is this, Kevin, in your mind, going to become more of a state's issue in the in the months and years to come?
0: So we'll see. Uh, you know, There's a lot of state uh, movement uh, on Internet security. We have things like uh, data breach notification laws that are happening at the state level when there wasn't a national law at the federal level. Yeah. Um, certainly states are very involved in consumer protection issues. W- with data privacy, though, it's not that you have California data and then you've got New York data and Pennsylvania data. Sure. Stuff moves all around the country. Yep. So uh, I think we may well see more action by the states. Uh, but but this is the kind of issue that, that ultimately it, it can't really be dealt with, like, for example, on auto emissions, where California has a law, and then because they sell so many cars, that becomes de facto the national right. standard. Right. I, I'm not terribly optimistic that that's going to get us to a, a great solution, but we'll certainly see some movement that
1: way. Eric, how about you? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that.
2: And there's, uh, you know, to the extent that a bunch of states get involved in enacting, in you know, there are already a lot of bunch of states uh, with different data reach laws, and that creates a patchwork of different requirements, and that creates confusion and, and um, you know, regulatory uncertainty for internet service providers, and that makes it more difficult for them to ensure that they can comply with, you know, every state's law that they operate in. And so the benefit of having the FCC's rule was that there would be one rule, and if um, they, the FCC didn't explicitly preempt state law at, when they passed the rule, but they said if you can't, if an ISP feels like they can't comply with both the FCC rule and the state law, then they can petition to, uh, uh, for the FCC to preempt that particular state law. So, you know, the, the federal law provides a little more certainty with regard to data breach and data security and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, in terms of data privacy, that's a little, uh, a little bit of a hairier issue, uh, and uh, is not not as easily uh, solved as. Pute- as- data breach or anything like
1: that. And, and as Kevin mentioned, I'll let you comment on it as well, is the fact that, look, look people understand that uh, that a good bit of their data gets moved around the Internet these days. That's just you know part of, of what it is. But the privacy end of it, Eric, is so important right now uh, because of, of so many different elements. I mean, things coming at us in 15 different directions right now, mm-hmm. people are the ones that seemingly are going to be caught in the pinch here.
2: Yeah, I think the the FCC's rule was one of the, well, not one of the first, but it's certainly one of the most recent uh, rules that actually increased the amount of privacy that people could expect online, and uh, that was certainly a good thing for consumers. Um, But, you know, whether states can replicate that, I'm not totally sure.
0: Kevin? Yeah, so there's a couple bigger issues that really are at play here. One is uh, the fact that we have a set of rules for the broadband providers, the the network infrastructure providers, and we now have on a lot of things a different set of rules for the online services, the Googles and Facebooks and Netflix of the world. And those online platforms are becoming increasingly powerful at the same time as the infrastructure providers are increasingly becoming content providers and software providers themselves. So ultimately, it doesn't make sense to have inconsistent sets of rules. That's one of the arguments that the people make in favor of getting rid of the FCC rules. The FCC had stronger rules for the broadband providers. Um, It may not make sense to have these things dealt with in different places. Um, The problem is the solution is to have no rules for the broadband providers. So that's a big issue we're going to have to resolve, and, and ultimately, is going to require some legislation to say, okay, let's look at these things holistically as opposed to based on the historical silos that we have. Big problem that's not gonna get resolved unless Congress moves. The other thing that's really an iceberg that's uh, heading straight at us is Europe. So the FCC privacy rules, the ones that were uh, going to be potentially overturned by Congress, required opt-in for collection of data, mm-hmm. which is much more similar to the rules that have been true for a long time for data protection in Europe. Right. And the only way that global online commerce exists as we know it is that the US and Europe have, over the years, been able to patch over their differences right. um, through uh, you know something called the safe harbor, and then they tried to update it with something called uh, Privacy Shield. Yeah. All of that now is under siege, uh, based on what's happening with this administration in the US could collapse, and Europe has much stronger rules called the GDPR that are going into effect in 2018. And I'm frankly very worried that that given just where we are with Congress and this administration, both with their policies and and the extent to which it's not even clear who's running the shop on some of these issues, um, that we're not going to be at a point where we can work out with Europe – how data is going to flow around the world, um, and that's very scary well, to anyone who's doing business
1: online. Well, I mean, it's it, it's not even a question of if you can can deal with the problem. I mean, you have to address it, as you said before 2018, when the when the rules change in Europe. I mean, that's that's an absolute must if you're going to continue to have the free fr- free flow of information and that level of business, as you, as you just mentioned. Yeah, I mean,
0: companies are increasingly global, and even companies that are just operating in the United States. Have data that's flowing all yeah. around the world. There's all yeah. of these intersections on these different platforms. Yeah. So it's very clear to anyone, whichever side you're on. I mean, you can certainly take a view that we should have more flexibility for companies to engage in different kinds of targeting and so forth. Let's have the debate about it. Yeah. Um, but but no one is in favor of this idea that we should just pretend that the world doesn't way that work the way that we know it works today. Eric? Uh, yeah, I
2: think that uh, I I don't think the FCC is thinking a whole lot about the privacy shield. And there wasn't a lot about it in the record. And I think that's probably a mistake, uh, given that it it could have the, the CRA or, or rolling back the privacy rules, basically in any way, will probably have a pretty serious impact on international business.
0: We'll also see also domestically what the political impact is going to be. This is obviously not something as big as the health care debate that we just had right. over the, the Affordable Care Act. But, sure, but you know, privacy is a, a big lot. issue. Yeah, absolutely. No, great. I think you're I everything mean, what you're saying. Absolutely. People care a lot about privacy. And yeah. so I think if, if this changes, I, I think you really might see a lot of popular outrage that, that say, wait, wait a minute, we actually care about our yeah. personal data.
2: Eric? Yeah, so we, we have seen a lot of that over the last couple of weeks as the Senate and the House have been voting on these CRAs and um, you know there's lots of uh, evidence of consumers being unhappy with with how their data is being treated online and that's you know no different with internet service providers, and we know that Congress's phones are ringing, and hopefully they're receiving the message that consumers really do care about their privacy. I mean, part, part of, uh, you know, a lot of people will look at, oh, you know, look how many Facebook users there are, look how many Google users there are. Well, you know, there are other reasons that people want to use those services, uh, and they're willing to accept the fact that you know, even they, even if they don't like it, they're willing to accept the fact that Facebook and Google collect their information when they go to their websites. Uh, but with Internet service providers, it's a little different. ISPs have to collect this information yeah. because they have to make sure the network functions. And so consumers will expect that, well, you're collect- you're collecting all these IP addresses and Mac addresses and my browser history because you have to know where I'm querying to give me the right information. But if you're going to then turn around and sell that information or use it for marketing purposes or advertising, then that really should be my decision, not a decision you make on behalf of me, um, because you have a, a financial interest in doing
1: that. I, I'll take w- what you said Kevin a second ago, one step e- even further because I mean obviously the healthcare debate over the last couple of weeks has been very important and it impacts so many people. It, it may not seem like it now, but I, I think m- you would agree as well, the fact that this may be almost as important. When you, when you think long term, because of, as you said, how many pieces are kind of linked to the internet in our society and in our business structure and in our government right now? And, and if you have significant change on that, you're talking about an unbelievable amount of change and the potential uh, of issues down the road. No question. The, the larger set of issues about
0: the evolution of this online ecosystem is tremendously important. Uh, and yeah. it's and it's increasingly important to people's daily life uh, and to things that people care about individually. but it it's critical for business. and and it's not one of these simple, Uh, pro and anti-business issues because you have lots and lots of companies that are uh, in other parts of this ecosystem who are dependent on the openness of the network and who are dependent on customer trust. Um, And sometimes having a predictable and consistent set of rules that say this is what you can do and this is what you can't um, actually makes it easier for business because then people are willing to say, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable. I remember 20 plus years ago, how many people took a long time to use your credit card to buy online. I mean, now we sort of take it for granted. But things like Amazon, people say, well, how would you type your number into this computer? You have no idea where it's going. Uh, Because in part, we had a set of policies from the government. I was at the FCC at that time that were not over-regulatory, but which said there are certain areas we need a predictable environment. We need to have certain baselines for consumers that confidence developed.
1: But how, how does this impact, this potential move, and, and maybe other ones coming down the road, uh, of – Say a company like Amazon, who just you know recently bought a company, an e-commerce company over in the Middle East. I mean, that's that's a case of that international business right now that we're talking about that could be affected in the future. Oh yeah,
0: no, it's it's everyone, uh, and and the European rules are even broader than that because they essentially apply to any time that any European's data is touched in any way. Yeah. And you look at uh, you know the way that uh, the the industry is developed it's not just that you're dealing with a company that you know you're dealing with. You look at what's happening, it's a different issue, but this issue about advertising uh, on Google and YouTube that the ads are getting put on these extremist sites, yeah. you realize yeah. that you know, advertising is this programmatic layer now yeah. online through all these different intermediaries and networks and algorithms and so forth. Um, and, and that's all data where, where you don't even know necessarily. You might be thinking, I'm dealing with Amazon, uh, but there's a whole bunch of other players <laughs> right. in the yeah. mix um, and that's great. I mean, that that's tremendous opportunity for innovation and efficiency. Yeah. Uh, but it really means that we need to think through what the right set of policy should be.
1: Eric, is there – I mean, obviously, this does benefit the, a lot of the companies that are that are in this space, the ISPs. But is there even a, a for them a level, level of I, – I don't want to necessarily use the word concern because I don't know if, if that's the right word. But, I mean, they have to be – thinking this process through of what this does for their operation on a daily basis and maybe things they need to be worried about. Uh,
2: <clears throat> yeah, I think that there's the the new rules certainly required them to look at their current practices and see, you know, how they needed to alter them and how they needed to change their privacy policy language. And, you know, it's, it's a little more interactive because consumers will be providing opt-in consent for some things and opt-out consent for other things. And ISPs, because they want to sell their customers' data and and, uh, get the additional revenue stream of advertising, they will make every effort to try to convince their customers of the, the vast benefits that they claim uh, come from being able to sell that information and being able to target consumers. And if consumers want that, which many consumers do, that's great, but it should be their decision to opt into that sort of sale and use of their data rather than, um, you know, allowing ISPs to do it Uh, without permission or, you know, until a consumer opts out, which they may never do, even if they would prefer to, because privacy policies are opaque and full of legalese and people don't understand them.
1: But because of people's understanding, isn't that a possibility that people will voluntarily or just, you know, freely hand over their data? That's more closer to a million to one shot than it is, is, you know, uh, than than it is not.
0: Well, honestly, if these companies like Comcast and Verizon and AT&T and so forth are smart, they will see this as an opportunity to voluntarily set a higher standard for privacy. Because, frankly, there's increasingly concern about uh, what Google and Facebook and these other companies are doing with people's data under the existing FTC rules, which are relatively permissive relative to, for example, Europe. So I think there's a great business opportunity for these broadband providers to say, we're not doing this because we have to anymore. We're doing this because we want to earn your trust, and we are actually going to be more protective of your privacy um, that's something we're seeing, for example, Apple doing, uh, where it's uh, spending a lot of technology resources and now marketing on saying, "Well, because we've got your data on the phone, as opposed to sending it up to the cloud, we're going to be more protective of your privacy," and that's starting to hit home with customers. Yeah. I think the broadband providers, again, if they're if they're thoughtful about this, they will see that the uh, best long term play for them is to be better stewards of data. Now, I, yeah. we don't know if that'll happen. I still think we need some baseline set of rules, but that's their opportunity.
1: But as you said before, th- these are companies that don't necessarily have a great relationship with the consumer to begin with because of a lot of other issues that they're having to but deal they with right now. should want to. Exactly. Oh, I totally agreement with that.
2: Eric? Yeah, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I agree with Kevin that I think that it is a good business opportunity to protect the privacy of their customers. I'm not very optimistic that it will actually happen, mostly because of the competition issue. So another difference between Internet service providers and edge providers like Google and Facebook is that there's not a lot of competition uh, between Internet service providers. So I can't say, oh, I don't like Comcast privacy policy, so I'm going to go to some other Internet service provider. There are only very few areas... particularly for fixed wireline service that uh, a customer could actually do that. And um, so, but with online providers, with, uh, you know, Facebook or, Gmail, like you don't have to use Gmail if you don't like the privacy practices. You can use ProtonMail or you can use, you know, there's privacy-protecting versions of Dropbox and, you know, all sorts of privacy-protective versions of things that, um, you know, consumers don't have the same options with regard to Internet service providers. The
1: the, the issue, te- uh, a little bit with that, and this is goes to something I wanted to uh, bring up to you anyway, Eric, is, is part of what uh, you guys do is, is you look at affordability issues as well. Right. And uh, seemingly the affordability for a lot of people it is changing as well, as, as you just uh, said, a lot more higher-level, premium-level services that are costing the consumer more. Uh, Twitter talking about having a, a a a more of a premium level of their TweetDeck service. So, you know, I mean, more companies are looking for more ways to generate revenue in a variety of different, different ways, and it goes to the affordability issue that a lot of consumers, again, are, are feeling the pinch. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I I think that's right. And particularly, yeah, for low-income consumers who are, you know, always, uh, you know, we're always thinking about how to get the last 10% of people online, and a lot of that is is low-income, and a lot of people say that cost is the primary barrier to getting online. And so, you know, obviously our our view is that competition is the best way to ensure that uh, prices are kept low enough that we can maximize the number of people that are online. Right. Um, and so um, you know there was another aspect of this rule that was called pay for privacy or you know financial inducements and that was another potentially problematic area where you could see that an isp might offer a a very steep discount to sort of induce everyone including low-income consumers to take the cheaper uh, cheaper monthly plan and allow them to basically Uh, you know, install the equivalent of the Verizon super cookie on your connection and be able to mine everything that you do and everything that you see uh, and be able to sell that uh, for to the highest bidder. And so we saw that as a problem, particularly for low income consumers. And uh, the FCC ended up taking an approach that increased the transparency of those plans, but did not ultimately ban them, which is what uh, we had hoped they would do.
1: Great to have you joining us, Eric. Thank you very much for for your time today. Thank you. All the great best. Being on. Thank you, Eric uh, Eric Knoll from the Open Technology Institute. Kevin, Kevin, great to see you again as always. You too. Thanks for stopping by, Kevin Warbach from the Wharton School. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.